Welcome back to the We Don't Know Football podcast, so you can't get mad at us when we're wrong. I'm your host, Jackson. This is episode 10, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host and Russell Wilson hater, Colin. Colin, I love to hate him. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to – we're starting off hot here. We're going right into the Thursday night game. Um, that monstrosity of a performance between the Indianapolis Colts and the Denver Broncos. Colts came out on top 12-9, to not a single touchdown scored. Probably the worst game I've ever seen in my life. There was a combined 6-for-31 on third down conversions, 15 penalties for 113 yards total, 12 punts, each team threw two interceptions. The ball was fumbled six times. It wasn't recovered by the defense any of those times, but the ball was fumbled six times. Colin, that was the worst game I've ever seen in my life, buddy. Yeah, I agree. The um, it was terrible. I turned it off in the fourth quarter when the Colts <laughs> got the ball. I didn't think that they were going to score, and then you know, twenty minutes later, they're in overtime. I'm like, I didn't, I didn't even know there was an overtime. To be honest, I didn't, I didn't find that out till later. But um, yeah, no. And in my opinion, for this game, I, I the Broncos have a good run defense, but I feel like they. Lindsey got less carries than Jackson, and Jackson did better. But I still feel like they should have given Lindsey a little more, a, a little more of a workload. I mean, the coach uh, Frank, he came out and was like, you know, regardless of those one yard runs, two yard runs, you got to keep running the ball. Well, you threw forty one times, so you know, <laughs> you didn't you didn't listen to your own advice, which I, I agree. Eventually, teams do break. It is there is a point, and they just never got to that point. Right, and I think if uh, if Jonathan Taylor's out again next week, which I don't think he will be, but if that scenario again, I think the reason Lindsey didn't get as many carries as you wanted to see was because the Colts already had a game plan going into the game that Naheem Hines was going to get the majority of the workload, and obviously he got hurt on like the first play of the game. And so Deion Jackson, who's already on the active roster, um got more of the time behind him. But I'm I'm really honestly surprised that Philip Lindsay got as much work as he did. I believe he had eleven carries or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So but I'm a I'm gonna get into each team here. Indianapolis, let me dig into this team. This O line is so piss poor. It's just awful. And the thing is Matt Ryan needs a good O line because he can't move. Matt Ryan mm-hmm. can't move. He's old. In this old line that features Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, who did get hurt in the middle of the game, and Braden Smith, you look at him and it's like, okay, this is a top-tier O-line. That, they have been a top-tier O-line these past few seasons. And this year, it's like, what is going on? What's going on? Ryan Kelly can't block for crap. Quentin Nelson hasn't been the Quentin Nelson we know. They They... I think this was like their fourth or fifth different time trying a new offensive line setup. This time they had uh, Bernard Raymond, uh, rookie left tackle, start. And he he was awful. He had a bunch of holding calls. It was, it was bad. I think that was his debut. Not a good debut. But Ryan was sacked six times. And if this O-line doesn't improve, it's, <laughs> this Colts offense could be one of the worst in the league. Like, it is bad. The only bright spot on that Colts offense that game was Alec Pierce. Alec Pierce looks really good, and he's going to be a good receiver for them. But outside of that, the only thing good 
about the Colts was Alec Pierce and uh, the defense. The defense looked good, but that's not saying much considering you were going up against Nathaniel Hackett's and Russell Wilson's offense. Yeah, no, and I think um, before the game, or let's see here, uh, Matt Ryan was third, the third most sacked quarterback, and he got sacked six times this game. It's crazy, crazy. As it is, I mean, obviously Bradley Chubb is good, and you know you can't you can't shy away from that. But um, but I mean, just I mean, it felt like everybody got a hand on him. It's now my my favorite thing about this game is I really liked watching Browning play who came in for Randy Gregory. He was good. I liked I liked watching him play and Colts um, you know, free agent pick up Yannick. Oh no, they, did they trade for him or did they pick him up? They they traded Ngakwe. They uh yeah. well they traded for him. They traded Rocky scene to uh, Yeah, that's right. Pick. That's right. He one and a half sacks. He 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 looked good. Buckner looked good. I mean, honestly, it was just defense against defense and I feel like that's every week with the Broncos. It's I just I I can't be bothered, <laughs> you know. It's it's oh my gosh, it's terrible. They've scored above above sixteen times once. It was against the Raiders, so and they even win. So what is there to look? Is another prime time game next week? You know, let's let's look forward to that, shall we? But I'm I'm tired of watching them. I'm tired of it. I. I I was I was talking to uh I was talking to a friend. I was like I was absolutely talking crap about the Broncos, you know. I was like like I like as a football fan, forget Russell Wilson, forget forget me praying on their downfall. Forget all of that. I if this I wouldn't mind this team going 16 and 0 if it was interesting to watch. It's just not. It like as a football fan, I don't even want to turn the TV on. I there over since I've really gotten into football, there's maybe been three or four games where I've turned the TV off because I just can't watch it. But well, this hit the list. <laughs> them them playing the 49ers, I think, was another one. I think I turned that game off as well, or I stopped paying attention to it. I mean, uh, it's just it's just so hard to watch. It really is. Russell Wilson missing his reads, and and you you can argue, you know, we've mentioned him being too short. There was not a more clear open gap. To I was it Hamler who it was, was wide KJ. open. Yep, it was KJ Hamler. If you if you look at that, there was the seas have been parted. There's a spotlight on Hamler, and he never saw it. You could not have a bigger opening, right right towards Hamler, and he never he didn't take his eyes off Sutton the entire route. Who was guarded by Gilmore? Who already had a pick? Yeah, it was. That that's a good segue for me to get into this fucking Broncos team. Um, yeah, Russell Wilson, Nathaniel Hackett, continuing the struggle. They they they're awful, so bad. Like you mentioned, Wilson missed Handler wide open on the last play to potentially win them the game. Um, their red zone offense continues to be awful, as just like their offense as a whole. Um, the only bright spots of this Bronco game is, like you mentioned as well, their defense. Their defense was good. But, again, that's not saying much going up against this Colts offense. And um, they have one of the best punters in the game because Corliss Waitman, we get to see him all freaking week, all week long. He's in there. He's he, in the majority of the, of the plays. Yeah. <laughs> Broncos punt teams out on the field for half the time, but he's he's going to be an All Pro. 
And um, the last thing I want to touch on is I don't know if you saw Russell Wilson's post-game press conference. Yeah. It was the saddest thing. He goes, after he finished, he goes, Broncos country, and then he walks off. And some poor reporter in the back just goes, let's ride. I'm like, bro, that Russell Wilson's such a cornball. Let's see here. All right. So I looked up the most punts to happen in a season is 114 by Chad Stanley and Bob Parsons. So I'm currently trying to figure out how many times Corliss Waitman has punted because we might see a record. I wouldn't be surprised if he's on pace to do so. He has 26 punts as of right now, five weeks in. So that's around, that's a little over five punts a game. Mm Mm-hmm. And let's see, they got they got There's eighteen games. So currently, if you keep the five punt a game pace, he's only projected to punt. Well, I say only, but my God, ninety times. <laughs> That's but so bad. I, it is. It's terrible. I. This is this is his first season. It says under Corliss Waitman for his experience. It, yeah, this is his first full year starting because he. He spent time on the Steelers preseason squad the past two years, I think. I could be Mm -hmm. wrong. It could have only been one, but obviously the Steelers drafted Presley Harvin, so they weren't going to roll with Wayman. He was just there as a a camp body. But, yeah, this is his first time starting, and he's done a really good job. But It's it's just so sad to watch. Let's just just get away from this Broncos team. I can't believe it. Yeah, let's – Nathaniel Hackett, your team sucks. You suck. You know, you're going to get fired by week eight. Um, hopefully. All right. Let's get into some positive things. We got a couple good games this week. Colin, I'm going to let you get into your game of the week this week. Game of the week. Chargers, Browns. I think this will be a good one. Um, obviously, the Browns offense rolls around Chubb and Hunt. Well, guess what? Chargers run defense, non-existent. So, Chubb. I've I've got Chubb taking the rushing yard title back this week. I mean, he's only what like six yards behind Barkley. Mm-hmm. I think I think Chubb's going to put up at least I I, I want to say one hundred and thirty, and I think Hunt himself will have at least fifty. So I think it'll it'll turn down to that, and then but on the other side, that Miles Garrett's coming back from his uh from his crash, and I don't know J- Justin Herbert. You know, he's Justin Herbert. He's great. So, as 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 it's going to be Herbert versus that two-headed dog in the in the Browns backfield. I think it's, I I think it's going to be a good one. Who knows? As we know, Joey Bosa's um on the injury report. So, yeah, and I think right now Keenan Allen's actually supposed to miss this game as well. His fourth mm-hmm. straight. Yep. So. It's going to be a um, a Mike Williams showcase because Joshua Palmer is also questionable this game. Jadavion mm-hmm. Clowney is questionable for the Browns, but I don't know how much that's saying anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah, you touched up on uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. This is a very, very favorable matchup for them, especially considering how many injuries the Chargers have had on defense, like you mentioned Bosa who's on the injury report. Um, I think 
I think this is going to be – I agree that this is going to be a good game. Both teams are 2-2. Two and two. Um, Herbert's working with limited offensive weapons, like you said. Now he's with Palmer and Keenan Allen still being out. Well, potentially Palmer being out, but it looks like most likely it's going to be Mike Williams and DeAndre Carter as the wide receivers one and two. Um, and obviously their left tackle uh, is out. Why He's an all-pro. Why did I forget his name? Slater? Yeah, Rashawn Slater. That's it. Yep. He's – I believe he's out for the year. So, Browns, especially with them being at home and the dog pond going crazy, then, you know, the Browns definitely have a good shot to win this game. Jacoby Brissett's been serviceable. So, I think my favorite matchup from this game is going to see who's – how much Mike Williams is going to be shouted by Denzel Ward because – Mike Williams had another big game last week. And even though he has a favorable matchup because the Browns' pass defense hasn't been the best, I'm interested to see if Denzel Ward is going to be guarding Mike Williams for the majority of the game. Yeah, I think I think it'll show if he can play up to that contract he got. Yeah, he got a big contract in the offseason. Denzel Ward's a good corner, and Mike Williams is a heck of a receiver too, so that matchup's going to be great. But, Colin, if you had a prediction for this game, what's that score prediction? I don't know. I don't know. If um if the Chargers win this, they pull a game ahead of the Broncos. And if the Browns win this, they are battling the Ravens, who battle the Bengals. So, uh, if I had a prediction, I'm going to go Chargers. Uh, I'm going to go Chargers 31, Browns 24. Okay. That's a nice high-scoring game. Chargers very capable of doing it. I always hope it's high-scoring. I'm tired of these Broncos games, man. Don't, don't, don't we all? Just, we, just, just give me something. We want to see some high after that Thursday night monstrosity. Oh, my gosh. It is. It's it's terrible. And I'm pretty – whatever. I'm done. But I'll get into my game of the week. Speaking of AFC North teams, my game of the week, Sunday night football, Bengals and Ravens. It was a tough choice choosing between those and the Chiefs and Raiders game, but I did choose the Chiefs uh, game last week to be my game of the week. And we got an AFC North matchup. Division rivals, both 2-2. Two and two. John Harbaugh's coming off a rough week. Ravens fans wanted him fired. Now this week he could continue to dig himself in a hole. Because going up against the division rival, Harbaugh's already aggressive as it is. But when he's mm-hmm. when it's a division game, he's even more aggressive. So we're gonna some of the calls he may have. It's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see. But Bengals coming off a two game win streak, and they just they're coming off a long week. They played last Thursday night, so they're gonna be well rested for the Sunday night football game. And Cincinnati looks like they're gaining some momentum. While Baltimore, after that loss last week, may have lost some. But the last thing Cincinnati needs is momentum. That's the last thing Joe Burrow needs. Because we saw uh, last year in the playoffs, that's what he feeds off of. And Baltimore's pass defense hasn't been the best. It's been pretty poor, to be honest. It's not only that, but Joe Burrow, I think, averages 375 yards against them. (laughs) Yeah, he torches the Ravens' defense. Now, last year, the crazy game he had that was against basically their you know, their second-string yeah. squad because yeah. everyone was hurt. But still, Ravens' pass defense has been pretty poor. But Something something worth noting is the Ravens are 0-2 at home, as this is a home game. And yeah, they are 0-2 at home. But if I had to give a score prediction for this game, 
I got Cincinnati coming out on top. Now, as a Steelers fan, it hurts me to, you know, choose either of these teams, really. But this is going to be a good game. And I hate to say it, but it really is. It's going to be a good game. But I got Cincinnati coming out on top, 28-23. to 23. I think Jer Burrow is going to have a good game passing the ball. He's got Jamar Chase and T. Higgins going up against a poor Baltimore defense, like I said. Well, poor Baltimore pass defense. And I, I could just see John Harbaugh making another another risky call. doesn't go their way. Whether it's, you know, a fourth and three that they don't get in the fourth quarter or something like that. But I could see it happening. And I could see that storyline building up. So I got Cincinnati winning this game. Zach Taylor and his boys are going to take the W. I've, I was projecting the Ravens to win. I thought they'd come out on top. You know what? Maybe I feel me and you always have different opinions when it comes to these games. I yeah, for me, I think I think the Ravens can come out on top. Lamar Jackson's probably angry, and again, he's playing for a contract. He right. He's he's gotta he's gotta play out of his mind, which he he's been playing really really well. I think I think he'll he'll come out and win. Um, uh, Joe Joe Burrow is is a big confident man. He he gets a lot of confidence and going against the Ravens, you know that's that's where he thrives. But I think that that'll I think I think the confidence will get in his head, and they'll lose uh, seventeen to twenty seven. Oh, I I like that prediction. You think Baltimore's defense going to shut him down? I do. I I I think they'll. I know I know they're like close to last in the NFL right now for uh, passing yards allowed. I think I'm not sure, but um. Yeah, I think I think they'll show up this game. They know they've divisional matchups. I was talking to somebody. You, you never know, you know. They everyone plays each other so much that anyone can beat anyone at any time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that prediction though. I could definitely see Baltimore's defense locking down and potentially stopping Joe Burrow because, especially because uh, the Bengals rely a lot on Joe Mixon as well. They like to run the ball. I mean, obviously, if they should, they have one of the top backs in the league. But if you stop Joe Mixon's run game, you force Joe Burrow to pass a lot, they they may be in good shape. They may be in good shape. But, however, for Baltimore, I still think Cincinnati is going to take the belt. It's, it's really going to come down to I, – I don't know why, but it seems like everyone's forgetting about T. Higgins. I mean, Jamar had a monster year last year, and everyone's been focusing on Jamar. And then T, T just comes out here and starts killing defenses. Yep, that's what makes that offense so good. Yeah, and then you go farther down. It's Tyler Boyd. I mean, it's just yeah. This is a tough matchup for Baltimore. But let's go ahead and get into our upsets of the week, Colin. I'm gonna let you start with yours. I'm excited to hear what you got. Um, I forgot what it was. Do you want me to tell you? Because I remember what. Go, go ahead. Go ahead and tell me. I forgot. You had the Cowboys winning over the, the Rams. Cowboys. Oh yeah, that's right. I kept looking over that matchup. I kept thinking I chose the Giants for some reason. I was talking to a friend that the Giants could win the game tomorrow. But I like I like the Cowboys winning a little bit more. I've 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 seen a few different things that Matthew well, obviously Matthew Stafford is he he throws a lot of interceptions. And and it usually comes down to when the other team can put pressure on him. So, you know, when you've got Micah Parsons coming at you, that's not it's not looking too good. So, and not not only that, but I'd like to highlight Trevon Diggs has been playing really well this season. I don't think that anyone's been giving him as much as much love as they should. I mean, 
He's he's just he's number one for pass deflections. He's got two picks on the season. He's just been playing really well. Everyone clowned him last year, and you know, as I I I clowned him. I clowned him. Gave up a good amount of yards, but this year he's he's been fixing that. He's been looking really well. I think I think Stafford throws another pick. He's got to add another one. And um, Cup. I don't think they're going to contain Cup at all. Cup's just going to go, you know, be Cup. I think that um, I don't, I don't know. It's always, it's always hard to guess because there's so many different factors in a game. But I do think that this will be the game Cooper Rush struggles. I think that this Rams defense is different than uh, than what he's looked at, and I think it'll definitely show up when he goes out there and plays. Now, does he lose that undefeated streak? I'm not t- I'm not buying it. I'm going to say he's, he's going to come out and add on. I've got Cowboys beating Rams. I'm going to say 20 to 17. 17, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um I like I like the Cooper Rush storyline. You know, Dak gets hurt week 1. Let him the be undefeated since then right now they're sitting at a three and one record i think i think they may rely heavily on guys like tony pollard this game um Mm -hmm. someone maybe zeke too maybe we'll see a little bit of zeke action but i think tony pollard gives a big spark to that offense when they need it and also michael gallup being back he's he's got a whole week under his belt after coming off that torn acl Mike Wells back. You got C.D. Lamb. Noah Brown's been playing well. Hopefully you get Dalton Schultz a little more involved in that offense. I think the Rams are going to have a lot to handle when it comes to this Cowboys offense despite Cooper Rush being um, at the helm. And like you like you touched on, Matthew Stafford, he's prone to, prone to throw a ball away at least once a game. And against this Cowboys defense, when you get pressure from guys like Micah Parsons, uh, who – is probably going up against Joseph Noteboom for uh, the majority of the game, who's, you know, the left tackle taking over for Andrew Whitworth, who retired last year. Um, He's been – he hasn't been amazing, to say the least. But, yeah, Micah Parsons applied a lot of pressure. Like you said, Diggs has been playing well defensively. And there's just the Cowboys as a whole defensively have been very solid um, these past few weeks. Even in the – even the the whole – all of them. They've they've been great every game, really. So – yeah, I could definitely see the Cowboys coming out on top against the Rams. This Rams team that has struggled to start the year. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But um, do do you think we'll see Jalen Ramsey shadow CD? I think, um, no, I don't think so because I think he may he's gonna have to hop around because yeah. they like to move CD in different places. Sometimes CD's in the slot. Sometimes he's on the outside. And you also got to worry about Michael Gallup now and Noah Brown. So I think I think the game plan going in for the Rams maybe is the majority of the time have Ramsey on CD, but like I said, CD's going to be moving around, so you can't you can't have that option all the time. And that's what makes Cooper Cup so dangerous. Like you pointed out, Colin, you said that there's no containing Cooper Cup, and I I agree. Cooper Cup, he does what he wants. <laughs> he does what he wants really, and. I think I'm not gonna, the Cowboys don't do the exact same thing as the Rams do with Cooper Cup, but they do you know similar things with CeeDee Lamb to try to get some mismatches. And 
I do think that uh, CeeDee Lamb won't get shadowed by Jalen Ramsey the whole time, but I'm sure they would like uh, for Ramsey to be on CeeDee Lamb for the majority of the game, if they can make that happen. How do you think Cooper Rush is going to fare? I think I think Cooper Rush I think Cooper Rush will do a decent job. I think he'll do a decent job. He's not going to do anything overly amazing. I think Dallas is going to have to rely on the ground game. Um, we saw last week the Rams are prone to give up a big play here and there. They gave up a 30-yard rushing touchdown to Jeff Wilson last week. And when you have a guy like Tony Pollard in your backfield who is fast and electric, then, you know, you got to get him the ball more. You, I know you're going to feed Zeke. I don't know how much you're really feeding them. <laughs> it's not really feeding, but, you know, you got to get the fatty the ball every now and then. And but I think if the Cowboys, you get a solid run game going. That that's the formula. You get a solid run game going, and then you get Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup, not Cooper Cup, Cooper Rush. You get him some play action opportunities. You let him sling it. I think that's the game plan for the Cowboys going in. It's going to come down to how well they can run the ball. And when it comes to the Rams, we already know they can't run the ball well because they haven't. Now they're going up against a tough Cowboys front seven. So yeah, we're going to see Stafford pass the ball a lot. I bet. I agree. All right, I'll get into my upside of the week. And oh, if... man, what could it be? <laughs> and for the ones who know me, they already know what I'm saying. Well, let me tell you, the city of Buffalo and Bill's Mafia is fucked if Kenny Pickett decides to wake up on Sunday morning. Because KP8 is going to walk in the Highmark Stadium and torch the Buffalo defense. This is a trap game for Buffalo. Right. You know, you're 3-1. and one. You're considered one of the best teams in the league, if not the best team in the league. You're going up against a Steelers team that's 1-3, and three, and arguably, now you can, say, you, can, you know, say I'm being biased here, whatever. Suck it. Probably the worst, the worst record with the most talented roster, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. You know, Steelers come 1-3, and three, and... The thing about, you know, the Bills and Kenny Pickett, they don't have a lot of film on Pickett. You saw you saw Pickett with one half of football. You know, we don't know how different this game plan now with Matt Canada being the offensive coordinator, probably you know, not a lot different because Matt still sucks. But you know, you only have a half of football on Kenny Pickett. Yeah, you could what are you gonna do? Look at you could look at his preseason clips, you go look at some pit clips. Okay. All right. But with Pickett now having a full week, practicing as the starter, this could be a whole different game plan for Pittsburgh. Probably not. It could be. Um, and what it really comes down to defensively for Pittsburgh is they just need to do what they did last year against Buffalo, and that was contain Josh Allen. Now, the question is, is that going to be able to be done without T.J. Watt? Because T.J. Watt played a big role in last year's week one matchup against Buffalo. Um, he forced a fumble, had a couple sacks. Now, you're asking guys like Alex Highsmith and Malik Reed. They're going to have to step up in a big way. Terrell Edmonds is already out. So it looks like potentially it'll be Minka Fitzpatrick and probably Trey Norwood uh, in the secondary. And I'm excited to see Trey Norwood a little bit more. Shout out to him. And also, this is this is where Brian Flores, former Miami head coach, knows a lot about Buffalo. Played him twice a year the past few years being the head coach at Miami. He knows a lot about Buffalo. 
And while he is only the linebackers coach, something tells me, you know, he may call a defensive play every once in a while. I, I'm on to you, Terrell Austin. All right. I know it says you're the defensive coordinator, but look, Brian Flores is going to play a role in this game. I guarantee it. And no one, no one will know about it. We won't know about it because no, they're not. Steelers aren't going to come out and say Brian Flores was, you know, calling the plays or whatever. But I think having Brian Flores here in the building is huge for Pittsburgh. I got the Steelers coming out on top, scoring 23 points, led by Kenny Pickett, and Buffalo only putting up 20. The Steelers uh, win by three. And it may yeah. come off the leg of Chris Boswell, Wizard of Oz. That's a, that's a good prediction. Yeah, like you said, I, I'm excited to, to see the Steelers defense. I mean, Highsmith is – the second highest uh, leader in sacks. He's got 5.5 in the season. Nobody else on the team has more than one. But if you go over to the interception part, Minka's got three, Sutton's got two, and Witherspoon's got one. Now, I the biggest as like 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 you said, the biggest aspect of the game is uh, containing Josh Allen. But Stefan Diggs, who's going to guard him? Now, Stefan, Stefan's interesting. Because they like they like to move Stefan around, like I said with CeeDee Lamb. Sometimes he's in the slot, sometimes he's on the outside. If he's on the outside, we may see. I think I don't know if Witherspoon's completely healthy for this game, but you know who's very a very talented corner is Cam Sutton. People, Cam Sutton doesn't get doesn't get talked about enough, and the reason being he's not really explosive. There's nothing. Cam is probably one of the most. Now I mean this in a respectful way. He's. Before I say this, he's very athletic, obviously, because he's in the NFL. But compared to other NFL corners, he's not the most athletic guy. But I guarantee you, Cam Sutton's one of the smartest players on the field at all times. And I think last year, the majority of the time, he was on digs. And I think we're going to see that a lot more. We may see some double teams. Maybe you bring Trey Norwood down because uh, he's going to have to fill the war- role of Terrell Edmonds. And he's not as big as Terrell to guard the tight ends. So, we may see Trey um, helping out on Stefan Diggs. And also, I forgot to mention this, Levi Wallace, former Bills uh, corner. Played for the Bills last year. So, obviously, he knows a lot about Buffalo. Yeah, looking at the injury report, actually, Witherspoon's not playing. Sutton yep. and Edmonds are both questionable, like you said. And then, yeah. and then you go over to the Bills side. They were missing Jameson Crowder, Dawson Knox, Jordan Poyer, Jake Kumaro, and Christian Benford. Mm. Is, Poyer, is, is Poyer questionable or is he out? He's out for ribs. Oh, man. And is traditional still out? Still uh, it doesn't IR. say anything on the injury report, so I'm going to assume he's still on IR. So, oh, this is great. This is, this is going to be an awesome too. Because we're gonna see him go up against former Pitt guys like Dane Jackson and Demar Hamlin, and I'm really excited to see that. That's awesome to see all the Pitt players playing. But yeah, I think it, obviously if Cam Sutton's healthy, it makes all of the difference. I think he should be good to go to play this game, even though he's listed as questionable. But it looks like the starting guys will be Cam and Levi, um, and Arthur Mallette will probably be playing nickel corner the majority of the time. We may see – actually, we probably will see a decent amount of James Pierre as well. But I think I think we'll be able to hold it down. This is what Coach T does, 
This is what we do. We're 14-point dogs. We're going to go up there to Buffalo, and we're going to take them down. All right. I'm I'm excited to see the the picket to pickens uh, chemistry build, and I'm excited to see if – obviously the Steelers are going to focus on digs. I'm going to see if Davis can step up. I mean, obviously he, he has before, but see just quite how much you're going to use him. Um, he does have a favorable matchup. And, and Von Miller as well. Well, hold on now. Hold on. Let me tell you, last – so, Chukso Korfor, the right tackle. Now, this is assuming Von Miller – I know he f- flips around. We may see him go up against Dan Moore a couple – where they want him. Because, honestly, Chukes has Von Miller's number throughout his – this is going to be their third matchup in the first two. First one, Von Miller got a sack, but that's really it. Second one, Chukes held him down. So – all I'm saying is that, look, Chooks has done a decent job on Von Miller. Now, if he's matched up with, we may have some problems, but <laughs> we may we may have an issue. He's Dan Moore's prone to having a couple holding calls here and there. But look, I, I believe in the, the O-line. O-line's not getting talked about enough. They've been a lot better than this, this year, which isn't saying much because last year they were god-awful. <laughs> and I'm not saying they're perfect by any means this year. I'm going to say we're better than the Colts O-line. I think it's safe to say that. So, at least we're not the worst line in the league. We're at least 31st. I'll say that. They're a lot better this year. A lot better. They yeah, need to clean up some penalties, but other than that. It's, it's, I think I think it could very much be a trap game as well. It's all going to come down to, um, to just, well, I mean, this is a tough matchup for Kenny. It's really going to come down to how, how he does under the pressure. Yeah, and I think, look, Kenny Pickett's a confident kid. And I, I, I'm so excited. I'm so excited to see the future. It's given me some 2004 vibes. Obviously, I was, you know, one when that happened, but I've lived it through my dad. Big, Big Ben came in, middle, middle of Big Ben's first game. Tommy Maddox went down. Ben comes in. They lose. Ben threw an interception on his second career pass. Kenny threw one on his first, you know. It happened. But now, when Ben in 2004 started the next week, he won. And he continued to win for the rest of the freaking year until the playoffs. But other than that, you know, Ben went 15 and 1 his rookie year. I'm not, now I'm not saying history, but history's going to repeat itself, baby. Let's go. We're not losing another damn game. We're going 14 and 3. It's it's going to be one of the most interesting storylines to watch, that's for sure. Yeah, but before we end it, Colin, I'll let you get into Seattle's matchup this week. Seattle! Going oh, up against man. the Saints, and it looks like Andy Dalton is starting again. Andy Dalton. Now, now Andy Dalton, <coughs> I don't have much bad to say about him. I, I like Andy Dalton. He's, you know, I like him. I'm not. I'm not looking at this as an as you know an easy win. That Saints defense is a, a scary thing to look at. Gino has played great though. Now, obviously, Gino has you know played the Falcons and he's played the Lions and and you know and stuff like that. In the other game, the Forty ers and and the Broncos. It's I the the matchup for this game is going to come down. The matchup for the game is going to come down to um, Metcalf and Lattimore. Now, they've played each other before. Metcalf had an 80-yard touchdown on him. 
I'm I'm going to come out and say it because the game's in the past. That was most definitely what I thought would be offensive pass interference, but suck it, <laughs> Lattimore. 80 yards on your head. doesn't matter. Uh, Lattimore's a great corner, and he he plays a lot bigger than he's supposed to. I mean, obviously that dude has is the father of Mike Evans. Mike Evans is 6'5". So I – Lattimore plays I feel like he plays better with bigger receivers if that you know like Lattimore plays a lot bigger than he's supposed to but yeah Kenneth Walker's questionable obviously Walker hasn't done the most for us this season he's been on and off with injuries but when he does get the ball you can see a little bit of explosion he's always looking for the hole always trying to get out there Rashad Penny (laughs) he played well against the Lions they're the Lions so (laughs) Really, this I, I think this is a heat check game for him. I think if he comes out and puts up at least eighty yards, you know, it's 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 a huge huge plus for uh, for the outlook on him. As far as the other side of the ball, Tariq Woolen's been playing great. Two picks on the season. He's big. He's fast. I I like watching him play. I think that um, see, I don't quite. I haven't quite looked at the injury report yet. I've been uh, a little busy with other things i'm gonna go ahead and look it up because i don't know if michael thomas or or any of them obviously Olave's in there and Olave is uh oh boy Olave's is great but uh michael thomas is out with a foot injury so michael thomas won't be playing doubtful is Jameis winston and then questionable you know you've got landry kamara and may um I think Gino will struggle a little bit. This is a this is a good defense. He likes his checkdowns though. So when when you check down the ball a lot, you're testing their linebackers, Demario Davis and uh and so Tyron Matthew won't be won't won't be I'm what I think will happen is we'll throw a lot of checkdowns and the Saints will start playing a little lower and then Metcalf or Lockett will get up for a good thirty yard game. So I this one, to be honest. I don't know if the Seahawks win this one. As 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 nice as it is to see the Seahawks win, this one this one's a tough one. Andy Dalton, I'd put on the higher half of backup quarterbacks. But um, yeah yeah, if if Lockett can get open, our our, our team will do just fine. Metcalf will will probably have a big play here and there. Rashad Penny's going to have to play. It's, everyone's just going to have to play. Like, if we make any mistake, it's just going to start to go downhill. Confidence, morale, all of it. Um, look, I think you need to be more confident in your boys. I like the Seattle team. I, think, I do, too. You know, they, I do, I too. I think they're like... young. They're young, and they got something to prove. And I think this game, it may come down to coaching. And New Orleans, you know, they got a rookie head coach, Seattle, Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll's been that guy for a long time. And like you said, Gino's been playing well, and I think he's going to continue his streak of playing well. Um, and they're going up against a banged-up Saints offense. And T- Tariq Woolen's been playing well. He's been exciting to watch. And, you know, I'm new channel Nawosu's been good. He's been all over the place. So I'm loving Nawosu. I, I think I think Seattle's going to take take this one. I think the Saints are going to fall to one and four. One and four. I mean, yeah, it's. I Kamara's not been the best this season. He hasn't played much. Seattle's run defense is pretty bad, so I'm I'm curious to see how much they'll rely on Kamara if he is able to play. But as far as the Saints offense, 
Alave has been amazing this year. And it's really going to come down to to if we can contain – if we can contain him, I feel pretty confident mm-hmm. in, in the win. But their offense isn't what's scary. It's that defense for me. And yeah. that defense is – you got Cameron Jordan, Demario Davis, Matthew – Honey Badger, Honey Badger himself back there. Marcus May is questionable, but I've I've always been a big Marcus May fan. I think he's a great player. It's Tyler Lockett. Come on, man, come come get a hundred for us. <laughs> I, I how every time he catches the ball, he falls down. This dude can't yeah, that, run for a yard to save no his life. Yeah, yeah he, it's ridiculous. He catches the ball and does a backflip. I mean, it's 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 just bad. It's. <laughs> to him you're you're you know likely to you know pretty guaranteed to get a catch but if you want an extra yard don't even don't 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 throw to him don't bother <laughs> he's too uh, old yeah he's too old for the yak <laughs> yeah i think that that covers about everything we wanted to cover uh colin you got any final words any final words any, any comments any final hey, Russell comments Wilson and Gino Smith yeah. is the future uh, yeah, that that right those, there. Those are some words. Just just like Gino said, they they wrote me off, but I I ain't right back. That's an, that's an all-time quote. It is. I'm so proud of him. But yeah, I think that about covers everything. Kenny Pickett, he's gonna fuck the Bills up. I'm excited to see it. But yeah, that's that concludes this episode. Uh, we appreciate you guys for listening. We are on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. Make sure to check us out on Instagram. And, yeah, we will be back on Wednesday.